Do you record it as well? Welcome to What the F is Going On in Latin America and the Caribbean, Code Pink's weekly YouTube program of hot news out of the region. In partnership with Friends of Latin America, Massachusetts Peace Action, and Task Force on the Americas, we broadcast weekly at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Code Pink's YouTube channel. You can also now find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Today's episode, Election Observers Denied Entry to Colombia. My co-host co today is Code Pink's Latin America policy expert, Leonardo Flores, and our guest is Nestor Cristancho of Canal 2 in Colombia, and we're hoping that Nestor has an opportunity to join us live from Colombia at some point during our conversation. Um, so let me just give you a little background about what we're going to talk about today. Um, on Sunday, May 29, Colombians will vote for president. The election comes at a difficult moment for the country. Polls show widespread dissatisfaction with the government of the current president, Ivan Duque, and frustration over chronic poverty, a widening income gap, and insecurity, all of which have worsened during the pandemic. Among those hurt the most by these problems are younger Colombians, younger people who are likely to play a big role in determining whether or not the country takes a step to the left. Young people led anti-government protests that filled the streets of Colombia last year, dominating the national conversation for weeks. I would say the international conversation as well. At least 46 people died, I would argue. I think there's far more than that. And we can talk about that later. Uh, 46 people and died many of them young, unarmed protesters and many of them at the hands of the police and what became uh, known as the national strike or in Spanish, the Paro Nacional. Some analysts expect young people to vote in record numbers, energized not just by the Pacto Historico presidential candidate Gustavo Petro, but also by his running mate, Francia Marquez, a 40-year-old environmental activist with a gender, race, and class consciousness focus who would be the first, who would be the nation's first Afro-Caribbean vice president. In this episode, we are going to discuss the situation in Colombia in the final days before the historic election. So please join me and, and my co-host, Leonardo Flores. Thanks so much for having me on, Terry. And, you know, I think it'd be good to start off this conversation kind of for you to recount for us what happened with you on Sunday, last Sunday, May 22nd, because you were on your way to observe the elections in Colombia, invited by a very prestigious NGO. And then, uh, at least from our end in, in the U.S., for the people who, who work with you at Code Pink, we were pretty worried about you for a little while because <laughs> it, was, it was hard to get in touch. And, and we were very concerned, even calling the State Department. So, so what, can you let the, the audience know what, what went on? Well, so I was um, interested in going to Colombia to observe the presidential elections, principally because it's, it's such a crucial historical moment for the Colombian people. And also, as you know, I was there uh, last year, this time last year, 
on a human rights delegation based out of Argentina uh, to, to do a human rights observing, witnessing, take testimony um, of the Paro Nacional, the activity that was taking place. And um, as we talked about in the introduction, it was principally young people fighting for a future, unbelievable generational, uh, older generational support for what these young people were doing. The population, the, uh, so many of the population were, you know, saying this is, uh, this is what we should have been doing all along. And now it's the young people fighting for a future and we have to support what they want because we as older people have failed to do this for them. So, uh, so that I was there and uh, I wanted to, you know, basically follow up on that and support uh, people's right to vote and make sure people, um, you know, had proper or necessary, um, I guess, witnessing, human rights witnessing. It wasn't so much about like having to go into the polls and see exactly what happened, making sure people could get to the polls and vote, with, especially after what we all saw last year. So I uh, was participating on a, on a delegation out of um, Toronto, uh, Common Frontiers, um, an organization that I've worked with for many years in Latin America with my good friend Raul Verbano and a wonderful group of experienced elect, uh, election observers were on that trip. And I, the trip started Sunday the 22nd. And I arrived in Bogota, El Dorado Airport, eh, I think just before 7 a.m. And um, I got through, I, I approached the immigration uh, desk. Now the immigration booths there are like two people, one officer standing up and then a smaller, and then a second person sitting down at a, a desk behind. So I gave my passport to the female immigration officer and she looked at it and kind of hemmed and hawed. And then she looked at her computer screen. And then after that, she handed my passport to the gentleman sitting behind her. And he started flipping through every page of my passport and then stood up and said, come with me now. <laughs> so uh, I was escorted back to an office, very professional office uh, that had conference rooms and uh, sitting area where clearly people, you know, who were in question were being processed. And so um, I sat there and watched two immigration officers sit at this desk and they were, you know, on a computer, perhaps checking my social media accounts, who I, I you know, I don't really know, that's speculation. But every once in a while, they would ask me a question like, you're my full name, where did I live? Uh, at one point, they wanted to know, they said, you know, you've entered the country uh, as a tourist, which is on the pre-migration checking online form is one of a few options you have. In my case, I was there as a human rights observer and electoral um, witnessing observer. Accompaniment, I guess, is the correct term. And they, um, they said there was discrepancy, you know, between coming as a tourist and doing that work. Now, on the pre-migration check-in form, there is no option to declare yourself as an electoral observer or human rights observer. There's no option. Nothing is so... You know, so pretty much everybody entering the country as an observer uh, checked tourist. Well, they had a problem with that. They found that as an inconsistency with me, which I kind of thought was odd. But 
so that kind of triggered more questioning and uh, they asked for my itinerary. I told them my, where I was gonna be, what cities I was gonna be in. They wanted to know what hotels I was gonna be staying at. They called those hotels to make sure that the delegation actually had a reservation and that I was actually listed as part of the delegation reservation. So, uh, so they did that. And then, you know, there really wasn't much except everybody was like typing away. And, and I, you know, since came to realize, well, they pulled me, you know, from out front, brought me back here to process my exit. <laughs> it was like, there was, there was never going to be an interview. There was never going to be any questioning. It was like, we don't want you here. So when they finished, they did actually process immigration documents for me and the document, they finally showed me what they had. And the document was a, you know, denial of entry document, entry denied document. And they showed it to me to read. And in the top right-hand corner of the document, it says my nationality. It has me identified as an Argentine national. Now, I was not born in Argentina. I don't have Argentine residency. I've never had an Argentine passport of any recognition. I've never had any passport in my life under, other than my U.S. passport, the country I was born and raised in. So they're identifying me as an Argentine national with U.S. residency. They've had my passport for over an hour, and it's very clear. My passport says I was born in Burlington, Vermont, USA. So, so that, that was disturbing. Then I read the one part of the document that was in English. And mind you, nothing else was in English. None of our conversation, I wasn't offered an English speaking conversation, only Spanish, which should have been a clue to me that they had no intention of interviewing me. They did never offered me English. So the one part of the document that is in English is the reason for my denial. And the reason for my denial is that they labeled me a threat to Columbia State Security. And I can only surmise that that is because of being in Colombia during the Paro Nacional and seeing the state violence that you know, we saw and documented and reported on. Yeah, and, and to me, that's really one of the most enraging and, and absurd parts of this whole ordeal you went through that they accused you of being a threat to state security because Again, we're talking about a country where so far this year, 79 social leaders have been murdered. Another 21 signers of the peace accords have been murdered. Uh, that's just this year alone. I think there's 30 some massacres as well. Uh, I saw a really alarming statistic the other day that the, the public ombudsperson of Colombia recently warned that in 26% of the country's municipalities, 26% of them are at high risk or extreme risk for human rights violations but somehow you're the state, the threat to state security. And, and that's not even going into the threats that have been faced by Gustavo Petro and Francia Marquez, the right. of the historic pact, which we'll get into. But, but that's so, so wild to me. And really, so folks know, because I mean, you have a long history of, of observing elections. How many countries have you observed elections in or how many elections have you observed roughly? I, I don't and, even and know. who invited you who, this well. time <laughs> Well, so I should first say this, this um, delegation that I uh, was allowed to join out of Canada had very specific requirements. And the trip leader, uh, really, it was, uh, you had to demonstrate prior um, 
electoral observation experience. That was a requirement. So everyone on that delegation had, you know, years uh, of experience, which was one of the reasons I was so excited to go with these people was I knew we'd be traveling, you know, with people who you know, knew what they were doing and, um, and could provide, you know, good, good coverage uh, for the citizens of Colombia, but for, for, uh, for outside Colombia too. So I don't know, Leo, I don't know how many uh, countries, I think in the last, you know, 14 to 16 months, I've been in uh, uh, Venezuela, Ecuador, uh, Mexico, Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, just, you know, since um, my, I guess, December of 2020. So, so it's fair so, to say that by now you're an expert in observing. Yes, kind of well, I'm familiar with what, you know, with the processes of, you know, particularly the human rights aspect of, of you know, of voting and what, what can and cannot go wrong. I mean, every country has a different constitution and a different process, but, um, but there are, you know, fundamentals that um, are, in, you know, are guaranteed pretty much for people to vote, for instance, you know, not being threatened, not being having your life threatened by, by showing up at a polling center. And that's the sort of thing that you really, I mean, that's extreme. I think for our audience, that probably sounds really extreme, but in many countries, and I would probably unfortunately put Colombia at the top of the list, <laughs> that's a real threat. And so, you know, it's really, it's going to take a lot of courage for people in Colombia to vote on Sunday, the 29th. And that is no, that's not an understatement. It's gonna take a lot of courage. And we really have to support the fact that they, that so many, not all, that so many want a change. They want a change. Yeah. And I will, one of the things that I think is really important to share Oh, here, I think that Nestor has joined us. Sorry, folks, give me just a minute to- Yeah, um, no, and while you're doing that, I mean, I just want to emphasize that it, you're not exaggerating when you say that people are, are afraid and are threatened because earlier this month, there was an armed strike in, in Colombia that affected, I think it was uh, something like 280 municipalities where basically- a, a, a primary paramilitary group drug cartel shut down a huge chunk of the country because they were angry at the government. And, and yeah. so, and, and on top of this, we've had death threats against Gustavo Petro, death threats against Francia Marquez. They've been having the campaign with huge shields in front of them. Yeah. And, and, and I think it was at her closing campaign event, you had Francia Marquez was targeted with a laser from a rooftop uh, that was overlooking the campaign event. Yeah, and like was, a sniper's laser. Exactly. Yeah, and that so was that Saturday was a, night. <laughs> it was a terrifying moment for, for people who watched it, who were there, of course, and then it yeah. made went viral on Twitter really quickly. So, yeah, absolutely. There's a, a serious threat, uh, not only to the candidates, but I think there is a threat against regular voters who are, might be intimidated, particularly in the countryside. I, um, part yeah, that that is more historic. Those uh, uh those politics outside the capital, and that's very that's very Latin America, that's very old world Spain, where the capital, you know, and we've seen this in Peru is a really good example. Peru last summer, where the capital control, the capital city controls the power, the money, the oligarchs, all of that. And um, 
I, and then outside in the provinces is, you know, a more mix of people and the traditional uh, activists out of the Afro-Caribbean community, the Campesinos, the indigenous land rights people and all of that. And that was all active last year when we were there during the National Paro. But the other thing that was very striking, our last day in Bogota last year, we went out on the streets to just kind of see in Bogota during commuter hour and just to kind of get a temperature reading of the population. And there was a flash rally, a flash, you know, Paro Nacional rally. And a group of people were walking down the highway, the Caratera, during commuter time with a banner wide enough to cross both lanes of traffic. And all the so many cars stopped. And the people got out of their cars and joined the flash rally including people driving BMWs and Mercedes. Mm. So you are looking at a, a, a middle-class, upper middle-class, educated people, advanced educated people, pro- most likely with money protesting the government. That to me, when you see that demographic joining the rest, those traditional groups or for Colombia, those historical protesters, when you see that, that's like tells me the government has lost its people. Absolutely. People, literally, people in Mercedes and BMWs got out of their car and joined the protest. It was very, and I will argue that's this is the kind of stuff the Colombian government does not want me yeah. sharing inside the country. And Nesto, if you're there, feel around. free to feel free to jump in, please. We would love to hear your thoughts. And, you know, I mean, this, the fact that you're not the only observer who was uh, denied entry, there was at least one other. And it's incredibly important to have electoral observation in this particular case, because we had the primaries in in mid-March, and there were something like 400,000 votes that were were missing from the initial count. They were later added. These votes happened to favor the historic pact. And now what we're seeing is uh, an attempt by the Duque government to maybe they, they were try, talking about postponing the elections as, as late as a week ago. But now it seems like there's an attempt to get rid of the national registrar, which would yeah. nullify the elections. Nestor, can you talk to us a little bit about, uh, about all of these threats to the electoral process itself that you've been witnessing? You're muted. No, oh, maybe I have to unmute him. Uh, yeah, okay, here he is. Hi, welcome, Nestor. Happy to see you again. And thank you for inviting me to this meeting. Oh, of course. Yeah, well, uh, uh, about your question, well, there are many threats. And uh, of course, the whole situation is like, uh, we're living like in a, in a, in a state of, of uh, um, threatening all the time. It's, uh, we don't, we, it's not just the government using uh, uh, all these uh, tricks. Uh, against you, for example, the international um, overse- overseas, and uh, but it's all the coercion that you live even in the streets with the cops, with the military actions, but also with the the, the paramilitaries, the the uh, you know these self groups that are uh, around uh, rural areas in Colombia that are showing their uh, teeth 
and their strength with guns and attracting uh, uh, people to go out to vote for, for certain people. But if you read it as a journalist, you can see that it's like a, one of, one of the, 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 the branches of the whole government, of the whole power, people in power, because this government, it got the, it's not just the, the legal uh, 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 security forces. It's not just them. They're using also criminal um, and uh, these uh, mafia groups, these mobs groups, all the, 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 the bands related to the uh, traffic dealing, the drug dealing, and uh, they, they really lead all the, the rural areas in Colombia. So um, even thinking that uh, we're going to have in some of the uh, cities, the big cities, regular, not violent elections, at least till 4 p.m. on Sunday, we expect some kind of threatens in the rural areas in Colombia. So that's, that's one of the things that people got to understand that Colombia got like three big cities, four or five big cities, where everything looks like another country, like uh, European, European cities or something like that. Not, I, I mean, at least in the atmosphere, in the like, electoral mm -hmm. atmosphere. Yeah, not, not, I'm not talking about the structure of the, of the economics, but at least you can go and vote in, your, in whatever your, your site is. But in rural areas is where, where you see the real threatens. Because it's, if you go and you risk to vote for somebody that is not under this regime, under this uh, uh, power, well, you're probably going to be uh, risking your own life. Um, the whole uh, issue here, or it's, it's be secretly, go secretly vote for whoever you feel you, you can, you, you, whoever you feel like may change this uh, status, this status quo in Colombia, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the, your own life, it's on risk in some of those rural areas. Yeah. Which is why international observers were invited to your country, was to help. And, and for example, that's, that's the reason you were invited to Buenaventura, for example. Yes. Because Buenaventura yes. is, is under yeah. the, it's, it's no, no government. I mean, it's not, the government rules there, but with the, the, the militias, these, these groups, these uh, uh, authoritarian groups that are involved in all the, the drugs, the drug dealing, but also they rule a lot of a small business there, like mm -hmm. uh, the small loans for people. Uh, even even they, they rule if you got a store in your area, in your, in your small uh, town, they're gonna rule you. They're gonna ask you, who are you? Uh, probably they're gonna uh, ask you for money. Uh, we, that's something we, we call be vaccinated. It's a funny way, be mm. vaccinated by them. Uh, by this, okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's a it's a oh. metaphorical way to yeah, express yeah. how mm. you gotta open a uh, an store. Yeah. But Buenaventura is if you if you got if maybe you've been in Buenaventura before in this national strike last year you were in Buenaventura. Uh, no, I was in uh, Bogota and uh, Pereira. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. in Pereira, you know, oh, we lost one life, Lucas. One of, one of the, 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 the guys that were, one of those, you know, this government being like um, targeting the youth people, 
all the youth yeah. kids, all, all, all these kids mm -hmm. are like uh, taking uh, their, their own spot, they, they, they taking their post for the first time in many years in Colombia, yeah. because we, we've been talking about this in the, in the in Canal 2, Channel 2, the independent... Uh, Which is channel. where Nestor's from. I just want the audience to know that you are a journalist. Yeah, today you were, my, you were our invited. <laughs> Our guest, you were our guest, and now we we switch uh, positions. And you're out here. of Cali. You broadcast out of Cali, Colombia. Yeah, that... yeah, we are in Cali. Yeah. Cali yeah. that it's been considered the 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 capital of the resistance here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, we were in conversation very early this morning, and so and just for our audience, it's a wonderful show that Nestor hosts. It's a, you know great journalism, great panel discussion, and 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 terrific program. Um, production too. So just thumbs up to you guys. <laughs> it was a pleasure to Thank do that this you. morning. It was a yeah. pleasure having you there. And it's also been, it's, it's, it's really important for us that people in the whole world um, see a little bit of what's going on because the reality, Colombian reality is something that people don't, it's like nobody deal with that. Even I, I've been in, in some, I've been in, in New York uh, like uh, you know, in those uh, kind of uh, uh, what we call plantones, just people mm. getting together, going for a march, and uh, you know, showing uh, some uh, um, kind of protest against the government. But nobody listens. Nobody listens. It's it, 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 every day you see more people. For example, Cali, Medellin, you see a lot of tourists. Here, a lot of people come over here, but they come from drugs, from yeah. prostitution, and not even prostitution, but also they, they come from they, any, any young girls here, young ladies, and even the, the young kids, but especially men come here for this touristical way to, to mm -hmm. find their love or their, 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 their lover. And they come here, they get nice parties, drugs, women, or whatever it is, and that's the, 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 the reality they read from Colombia. And that's what they, they've been talking since the government of this guy, uh, Uribe, Alvaro Uribe Vélez, uh, that's been like the, the, the big mob. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the big mafia mob in Colombia. And uh, after the last 10 years, we got these many people coming from overseas to Colombia to do this kind of touristical thing. But uh, those even, are the reasons. Got, those are some of the reasons behind the Cuban Revolution was to get all of that vice activity off the island. Same out of their thing country. like the same you thing, live right? the Cuba, Cuba living Batistas Batistas regimes back okay. in the 1950s. Well, we having that kind of yeah. It's and many countries. The, the sad thing is that European and uh, uh, European countries and United States are taking these uh, small countries, Thailand. Uh, Morocco, uh, this place where they can go visit and spend easy money because yeah. it's not, they, you, you know, one dollar here, it's like a lot of money. Guess you don't have too much money to come over here. I got friends from Australia. I got a friend from Australia that bought up a simple a small house here and now she turned that into a great mansion in one of these the, this towns, these neighborhoods in, in Cali. And uh, well, she says, I live like my, my uh, a dream here because with a, a small money, a small amount of money, I can build this big house and got this nice, beautiful 
life in a, in a, 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 a forever springtime. So I don't have to deal with winter. I don't have to mm. deal with, with the, the prices in, in, my, in my own country. So, well, you see, it's, it, it, it's, it's the, my point is we need that all these uh, places, these spots, these spaces, spread the word about the reality in Colombia. This is a drug, drug state. It's a, drug, a, a mafia state. Absolutely. And, and, you know, earlier today, we actually at Code Pink, we sent a, an email to our supporters warning them about what's going on with the elections and asking Secretary of State Blinken to not only respect the elections, but also to advocate uh, for the lives of Gustavo Petro and Francia Marquez because of the death threats. And one of the things we talked about in this email we sent is the issue of foreign interference, because you've had the U.S. ambassador and you had Victoria Nuland, who's the undersecretary of state, both echo claims from the Duque government talking about possible Russian interference in the elections or maybe even Cuban or Venezuelan interference. But from my perspective, when we look at what's happening in Colombia, the interference is actually coming from the military. You had the chief of the mm -hmm. army you know, talking about saying that Petro was corrupt, whereby the, constitutionally he's not supposed to get involved, nor is anyone in the military supposed to get involved. And then you have Duque, who I just read a really interesting article it's, that said in one out of every three speeches he's given in the past year, he's brought up either Gustavo Petro or his policies. And, and so he's mm -hmm. himself has been in kind of interfering. What, how concerned are you about these issues, Nestor? Well, um, the army and the, the police, police is, and, and uh, they are both, we, we know, we as journalists, we, we've been knowing this for, I, I started doing this from the 90s, 1990s. And uh, I, all, my whole life in the, this journalist experience, I, I, I know the, 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 the army and the cops are part of the whole mafia establishment in Colombia. Uh, now, when you see this 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 kind of, of, of reaction of from the the, the army com commander, well, you understand is this power, these people that been in power for so long, they 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 scare, they they they, yeah. they, they, they scare about losing the power, losing power, and even if they have to show their guns, their weapons to. Keep the keeping power. They're gonna show show the, their their weapons, even the, the the legal ones, the formal ones. I mean, the army and the cops and the police, but also the legal ones that are like branches of the whole establishment in Colombia. So it's not it's not a, a surprise for me, at least for me and many other journalists. But uh, uh, but it's a it's a at least it's a symptom or of what could be, make, be, may happen next week if we got a new government or not even next week, even after August 7, when the, whoever is the president, but let's, let's say, uh, according to what you see in the, in the squares, in, the, in all the towns that uh, Gustavo Petro and the Francia market being visiting, it's like, you see, it, it's the people, we, we can see people joining these meetings in for thousands. So yeah. beyond the, all the all the the, the the polls, all the statistics uh, that you know, it's been, they also been like playing with those numbers to cheat a little bit 
and to, to and to and to you know um, uh, confuse people, confuse the, the 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 most people because you got those numbers, the numbers that media are showing in these polls and these uh, statistics, and people maybe can buy that. But when you go to the to the to the to the great meetings that this uh, uh, left uh, or let's say progressive movement is uh, uh, attracting, well, you see the reality: people are going to vote for this option, for this alternative option. Let's say Petro and Francia Marquez uh, are elected next uh, Sunday, or even in the second. The second uh, um, uh, turn, the second, uh, second, second, the second round, round area the second or, round, yeah, in the and, states, yeah, and we still don't know how the army is going to react and, yeah. and take that. Yeah, we don't know. It, one of the most important things, one of the the crucial things, uh, Petro has to do once in government is changing the whole. Um, a structure of the army and the police. And by yeah. changing the, the, the structure, I mean the, the main levels, commanders, officers, uh, all those that are ranked in the, in the top levels. And uh, because they, they're gonna oppose to, to the, uh, that government, an alternative government. And maybe they, I, I, that's one of the reasons we talk about a possible cop here in Colombia. A cool. Yeah. And so, if, oh, cops, yeah. Oh, oh, I just want to just, it's, I'm sorry, Leo, just follow up on something you said, Nestor, because a lot of people have like asked me before arriving uh, at the airport, I don't want to say I arrived Columbia because I was never allowed to enter Columbia. <laughs> I got to the airport and, blah, blah, blah. and before I got there and since I have returned from there, people have said, you know, well, what's going to happen on Sunday? Uh, and what are the chances of, you know, uh, Gustavo Petro and Francia Mar Marquez win? And, it, you know, it looks, it looks very favorable. But assuming they do win, and especially if they do win in the, you know, the first round, there is so much that a new administration is going to have to dismantle, as you mentioned, the military and the police. There's a lot that has to be dismantled initially before you and your people can start moving forward. I mean, so this uh, uh, first administration post Urubismo, did I say that correctly? That whatever administration is the first to come after, there's so much dismantling that has to be done before you can move forward. And then what do you do if you remove these, the military leadership, the police leadership, what do you do with those people to ensure they don't like go to the private sector or you know, become a problem from the outside in? Right now, they're a problem from the inside out, but they could possibly become a problem from the outside in as well. Well, also uh, think about the justice uh, system in Colombia. Yeah. He, <laughs> yes, he, I can attest. They, they gotta change it, they gotta change. The, 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 um, Accusatory, the uh, um, how do you call it? the attorney department here, like the, the, the fiscal general, the yeah. attorney, um, the, the national attorney, the, the whole office is not. It's 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 it, it, it's something we gotta 
we gotta change it totally. We, the, 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 the way we have now that, that uh, the system of the accusatory, accusatory system is a copy of the United States. That works a little bit. We see in the, in the Trump era that it start like, you know, shaking a little bit. Well, in Colombia, one of the things that the, the, the constitution, the 1991 constitution changed was that the attorney general office. Before that, it was like a very uh, na naive system that it was like a small judge, judges around uh, uh, Colombia being the accusatory system of, 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 mm -hmm. of uh, the, justice, the justice system. But now we have, we have no, uh, uh, that system is not working. It's part of the government, the, 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 the when I say the government, it, I'm, I'm talking about the executive power. I mean, the, the presidency is ruling, is ruling that. The same way is ruling the, uh, the, the, the disciplinary or administrative, um, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the investigators in La Procuraduría General that maybe you don't have that in, in, in America, in the United States, that, but we have um, something called the uh, uh, Procuraduría that at least oversees the, the, the uh, uh, public um, uh, workers, the, 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 yeah, the public workers. And uh, in some levels, you got some kind of guarantees before, years ago, before the, the, the way it's, it's working. But the whole point is that the, the national attorney and other uh, institutions that could make the, the, the check and balance system work doesn't work in Colombia. They actually doesn't, doesn't work because it's all part of the same criminal and corrupted structure. And going back yeah. to something you said earlier, about you know the the possibility of the army or the police not respecting the results of the election and maybe launching a coup, do you think the United States could possibly play a positive role here if they were to come out and say strongly that that you know the Colombian army must respect the will of the, of the voters, or would it not make a difference? You, you know you know what you know what unfortunately, um, the the uh, Ameri the American government is being like mute about anything that happens in Colombia. Even that this president Duque uh, shows support to Trump. Well, Biden was like at the, at the beginning, the, his first year, he was like not, you know, not talking to, to, to directly at least with uh, Ivan Duque, our president. And uh, he keep the distance from, 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 from this guy. But when you see last, last uh, year uh, national strike in Colombia, there was no, no war from the government. It was some of the Congress people that actually the progress, the progressives from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, uh, this guy Gore, uh, well, another of your senators there, they, they, they kind of chose support to the Colombian uh, strike, national strike. But starting from the Plan Colombia, you know, Plan Colombia is like uh, this uh, 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 disagreement between the United States and the Colombian government to support the, 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 war, the drugs war. That doesn't work at all. It's not working, in, in not even in Colombia, in the whole world. It's like, it's like they keeping this, uh, what they call the, 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 the drugs war, 
Yeah. But underground, it's like, no, you got to keep the business. The whole business yeah, exactly. is, they, they keep the whole thing. The banks, I, I'm talking about the financial system. I'm talking about the, the big political uh, um, uh, fishes. I'm talking about the, the, the enterprises, all the, the, the multinationals, all the big companies. So if something, if, if, if uh, Petro is not smart enough, and he, but I think he's been, I think the, the good thing about Petro is that he's very smart. So he's been in the United States, he's been talking to all these senators of the progressives movement in, in, in America. And that's like, he's like guaranteeing, and also in Europe, he's like, uh, uh, you know, paying the, 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 the whatever is needed to get the support we need from, from America, Europe, and all the whole world in case something like that happens. Because he knows, one of the things he totally knows is that an actual cup, cup may happen in Colombia if he's yeah. not smart enough to move. Yeah. And, and I don't think we can trust in, in a, what the American government is gonna do for us. Because also losing, losing uh, uh, this, uh, you know, in any case, for America, for the United States system and the whole system in the world, keeping this corner of the world in under control with this kind of government, with this kind of people, is like a guarantee for the whole system to keep moving. Mm -hmm. Especially in in, in mm -hmm. South America, that is critical for them because yeah. many new progressive movements are showing up now Brazil with Lula da Silva they probably gonna lose the, the, the power in Brazil yeah hopefully but they looking at the, this all this new uh, progressive moment in Amer in Latin America a threat for the whole system and Biden if, if I, I don't trust Biden that much either neither neither Obama did anything. Obama, well, he started like moving close to Cuba, at least he, you know, uh, uh, cooled down some of the sanctions and some of the, of the, of, of their, you know, all these things that tried Venezuela, uh, that, uh, being, uh, that put in risk all the economics in, in Ecuador, in uh, even, even uh, remember Evo Morales was, uh, ruling in, in, in Bolivia after all these big companies tried to uh, start uh, doing business with the water in, in, in Bolivia. Remember, there is a, a famous yeah. movie, if you don't haven't seen it, it's, it's, it's called the, uh, Also the Water is the name uh, of yeah. that uh, movie. I'm doing my own translation. When they privatized, when Halliburton privatized all the water in Bolivia. Yeah. And it was illegal to use a rainwater catchment system. Exactly. Forced people to buy privatized water. It was just horrible. Horrible. So well, guess yes, what? It's guess, coming. What can, guess what may happen with the one of the the the, the um, propositions, one one of the, the the political changes that Petro and the and this alternative government. Is is telling to to uh, to us is that he's gonna change the whole um, oil exploration. Mm -hmm. At least he's not uh, doing more exploration. Uh, he, he's gonna keep 
uh, you know, uh, at least the, the contracts that are running now, well, he said, I'm going to respect all those contracts, but I'm not going to explore more new oils, uh, uh, you know, no more exploration of oil or petroleum or anything like that, no more gas. The whole system that depends on that and it, it, it's, it's threat, it's threat. And they, most of them are in, in, in America and Europe watching Colombian election and are saying, oh my God, what these crazy people are gonna do with our business. Somebody stop them. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's the real threat, isn't it? What are what what is this what is the new government going to do with our business, specifically the transnational corporations and the vice, the businesses that are you know, that are based on vice, sex, drugs, and and gambling? Yeah. So Nestor, what what a, a pleasure to have you join us this afternoon. I'm so thankful that you had uh, time for this conversation, and I just want our audience to really send you a lot of love for Sunday. You know, as we talked about this morning, it's, it's going to take a lot of courage for people to go to the polls on Sunday, but it's also just such an opportunity for change that uh, we just hope everything goes well, that the elections aren't suspended, that there is no violence, you know, if, if the results are not pro Duque. <laughs> It's a, it's going to, it's going to be a very, you know, it's a really, really important day for you and your country and, and really, you know, for Latin America as a whole. It's a historic yeah. moment. It, it is. It's a historic yeah. moment for all it, of it us. It really then, is. You know. Yeah, it really is. So and, and we, we, we really, we are really concerned, but also again, please people in, in the whole world keep in, in, keep an eye on Colombia. Uh, no, if, if you blow coke, if you do coke, <laughs> think we we well, crashing the whole uh, Colombia, Mexico, yeah. and oh, whole Latin America. Yeah, if or 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 do do something. Yeah, blow the whole cocaine you want, but please help us to legalize this thing because the only way we can turn this terrible war, this terrible. Uh, uh, carnage that we live every day. You live it when somebody goes to. Well, well I, I I don't want to play with that. I know you got a, a, a this situation with the, the 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 guns and the and the shootings in your country. But we live it every day. We live it every day. We know that something yeah. is happening just today, just yesterday. You can count the, our deaths every day. And that happens because nobody in the whole world cares about the drug situation. You're happy with the, the, the illegal thing. When I, I've been in New York, in, in, in Paris with friends, and they call somebody for, the, oh, I'm going to mm -hmm. call a delivery. And I'm like, right. oh, it's my country you're harming. <laughs> you're you're hurting my yeah, people. I know, I know, yeah. I know, but it's important, Terry, that you talk about no. these issues. Yeah. No, people I, don't I, connect I'm, the dots. They don't connect push, the dots. But, but, but you got to push this thing. We got to push this thing because at one point, the whole, the, the whole world got to understand, got to realize, wake up about these things. Because if not, you're condemning us, you're you yeah. putting put us in, 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 the, in the hell because just you want to have fun. 
in America and Europe, European countries has, are terrible as well. One of the things we joke here in Cali is that we, we joke about Petros saying that, oh, we have to be like Suiza or we have to be to Noruega. No, I, I, I understand the guy and I appreciate the guy. I, I'm a journalist, so I'm not fanatic. But, but uh, when he talks about that, remember you're talking about countries that just go enjoy the comfortability, the, 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 all the, the beautiful things you can have in your countries, but under other people, under other countries, it was Africa. Africa is, is the, with, with the whole wealth that you show in Europe and you show in, in, in the United States, it's a shame that we have the situation that we have in Africa. Those, yeah. those kids in Africa, Living like, like yes, that, that and, and, and countries like Colombia uh, being in war and, the, and, and nobody cares. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm very passionate no. about this. No, thing. it's okay. And, and, it's okay. and I talk too much about mm -hmm. that, but I, I, no. it's just because I got the chance. And when we have the chance to talk to people like you, we know you are the only way to spread this kind of war, this guy's it's, this kind it's of really war. important that we hear from you because so and I think Leo would agree with me that so much of what you're sharing about these chains, Africa, the global south, it's still this expropriation of natural and human resources from from historically colonized countries, co countries colonized by Europe, by the global north in general, but Europe and the United States specifically. And that's, you know, it's it's a same it's this paradigm that you're living in and it's very destructive to you and your people it doesn't allow you to develop in a you know in any sort of economic or hum human way so i wonder nestor before before we close today's program um is there anything particular about sunday that uh, that we can do that that you know we at code pink sent our alert out today and we'll share that again with the audience. Um, and just, we wish you so much luck and, and love and, and, and peace on Sunday. The peace. only advice or, 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 or the only thing we ask is do a program on Sunday. Do okay. on Sunday. <laughs> do it. Okay. And, 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 okay. and just report, report a little bit of what's going on. Okay. Keep, keep, keep an eye on us. Uh, check with your uh, with with other people. Spread the war. Spread the war is the only the, the same way. If we learn something from from internet, that was a, 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 another weapon. Internet. Yeah. Where it, it, the history tell us about all the whole war is being in these tensions for historic. For it's it's a history thing. But please spread the war. You got the chance on Sunday to have a meeting after. 4 p.m. and mm -hmm. and if something is wrong in Colombia, keep an eye. Even even you you, you, you I'm gonna text you on Sunday. Okay, it's please. It's the only do. way we gotta keep in touch. Please We do. gotta we'll keep the that. network please happening. Do. Yeah, and we're gonna sure. we're gonna hey, hey Terry, please. Some, something is going yeah. on, or okay. or keep an eye on this and just report it and talk to your other people and and and, and Leonardo do the same. I don't know. Leonardo is from Colombian origins or not? Venezuela. He's from Venezuela. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you gotta know. That. But if 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 we can change things, if we can, if something happen in Colombia, even if this is gonna be good for Venezuela. 
because yeah. everything's going to turn into another, in, at, at least things are going to move. But Colombia, Colombia, it's been one of the, 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 the ways to stock the whole process in Latin America. And in, yeah. in our geographical spot, it's perfect to keep everything like now under yeah. the traditional system, ruling, governing, mm-hmm. not just formally, not just legally, but also all the underground, all the illegally, all the criminal activities in Latin America and and and, and Colombia. If if we can keep, take this 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 uh, how we call it tapon, Leonardo, help me with that name of that thing. Okay, let's take that plunk out of, <laughs> of, of the whole thing and let's live uh, uh, better in in this country. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, Nestor. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Just an honor to have you join us. And thank you, Leonardo, for, for co-hosting today. And I want to remind our audience that you've been watching What the F is Going On in Latin America and the Caribbean, Code Pink's weekly YouTube program of hot news out of the region. We broadcast weekly at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, generally on Wednesdays. But we had, uh, you know, this great... Uh, um, opportunity to have Nestor join us this afternoon. And so you can also, uh, don't forget to catch uh, Code Pink Radio on Thursday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern on WBAI out of New York City and WPFW out of Washington, D.C. Both projects, WTF and Code Pink Radio can also now be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So thanks again, gentlemen, a terrific conversation. We wish all the best to the Colombian people on Sunday, the 29th. And for our audience, we'll keep you uh, updated on Sunday and we'll see you formally on the air uh, next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.